Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, she's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CNC Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. We're going to go straight to the Lord in prayer. I've got something on my mind I'm going to share with you during the show. Daniel's going to join us here in just a little bit. It seems like it's been a long time since we've heard from Daniel, even though it's only been a week. (laughs) It seems like it's been a long time. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, I pray that you will make us a people of wisdom and of action. Father, may we be a people who are excited by your word. May we be a people that are enraged by the sins and the corruption of this world and our own. May we be inspired and encouraged again, Father, by your word. And may we then, Abba Father, Be a people who are engaged and ready. May we put on the full armor, the full armor of God, as your word tells us, and be ready for the battles of this lost and dying world. May we then, Father, be your beacon. And I pray our actions, our lives, will inspire others and draw them closer to you, as well as ourselves. We are thankful, O God. For all you have bestowed upon us, the many, many blessings. We are thankful and we praise you for your love, for your grace, and Father, for your mercy. May we now live these same characteristics and be more like you. It's for such a time as this that I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I told Rudy this morning when I was trying to get ready for the show, you realize it is an impromptu show. I decide, for the most part, there are a few exceptions. What we're going to talk about that day, according to what I see in the news, as old Derry Brownfield used to say, whatever excites you or whomps you up, that's what you should talk about. And I told Rudy, I'm not excited about anything that I'm reading this morning. I said, what have I talked about in the last week? So we went back and we looked, and on Friday we talked, I shared with you on New Year's Eve, the uh, message from George Washington in his final address. And I shared a story with you about how he was inspired by a friend, and then he took action and encouraged others to do the same regarding the ending of slavery. In his final address to this nation, he gave us a He gave us means to be excited and warnings of the future if such and such should happen. And he shared his wisdom and his faith with us to encourage and inspire. And then on Monday I had, what's next America? Facing a new year, dealing with corrupt people and living around fear. We just live with fear everywhere, don't we, these days? 
America needs Mayberry. We talked about that this week. America is Mayberry. Ted Koppel, an elitist, just doesn't get it. The elite truly do not know where their bread is bettered comes from, where their bread and butter comes from, and they have no idea. And they're loath. Therefore, they loathe the average American. Rule America. They don't get it. And yet, it's something I look at and I think, this is the real America. Guard the future or grab the gusto. We talked about that this week. How we have been a selfish people. We have looked at our own wants and sacrificed the future of the others for those wants. Yesterday was life and death and liberty and tyranny as we looked at January 6th and we had to put up with all the goofy talk, separation talk, division talk. True, it will be a day to be remembered, but not as an insurrection, nor was it a terrorist attack, unless those who were there inciting and exciting the crowd and instigating riotous behavior are labeled terrorists. Someone should tell Ted Cruz that. Excited, enraged, inspired. You know, there was a preacher in this area. He's gone with the Lord now. But he had a sermon. I heard it more than once. It was inspirational, and it was kind of funny to hear him talk about it. But it was titled, You Can Walk, You Can Talk the Talk, But Can You Walk the Walk? It was Brother Reichard. We, me, talk about a lot of things. We, I, get excited about a lot of what's going on, and I get enraged about the stupid things being said and done. But do we, do I, do we allow ourselves to be inspired? Inspired, I looked it up. An extraordinary quality as if arising from some external creative impulse. What does it mean when someone is inspired? If someone or something inspires you, they give you the new ideas and a strong feeling of enthusiasm. I get inspired a lot. I'll say, that's a great idea for an article. But I fail to write it down and then it's gone. I have vowed personally that 2022 will be a year of finished projects. I'm inspired by my words and my wants, but it's already January 7th. In my defense, I'm hosting yet one more Christmas, family Christmas. (laughs) So my new year starts on Monday. Do you ever get all enthusiastic when listening to a speaker or a preacher or reading a book? But once it's over, life goes on as usual. I think we've all been there and done that. Being excited. Being enraged, a righteous anger. Being inspired are all emotions that we all have and have experienced. But do we act? Do we get engaged when we fail to act or be engaged? I suppose we lose that opportunity to be a part of something, possibly something great and special, or to inspire someone else. Once that is lost, it is rare that it can be recovered meaning that opportunity. Excited, enraged, inspired, engaged to act. Let's try to make 2022 a great year, a year we act upon our inspirational moments and get engaged. If we get excited, become engaged, 
feel inspired, and then take a nap and do nothing, nothing's going to change. We haven't been engaged. You know, in uh, Henry Blackaby's Experiencing God, he says, when you see God moving, go there. Go to him. Go where the action is. We're allowing others to have control of our lives and our nation when we don't do anything. And nothing will change. But much will be lost. After all the inspiration and commandment from the scriptures, what does it say? Go. It says to go and take action. Get engaged. Out of Mark it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In Matthew 28 it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Teaching all nations. Get excited. Be enraged. By the sin and the corruption that's around us, it should make you angry, a righteous anger. Be inspired by others that are doing something or by a thought that maybe the Lord put in your head. And then don't let it die. Get engaged and take action. Some of the news is the same old, same old every single day. It's hard to get excited. We have something we want you to get engaged upon. And we're going to share that with you later in the show. Um, we're headed into a break. And when we come back, I do believe Daniel Turner will be with us. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We'll be right back. Tabletop brings liberty to your table. For those of you who want to display your patriot hearts, set your table with liberty. The new patriotic flatware pattern by Liberty Tabletop. Your dining table sets the mood for the American family and the American dream. Liberty honors our fallen heroes, the Liberty Bell. We the people with stars and stripes, our American Eagle and the Statue of Liberty. Each piece of the Liberty Flatware pattern is an art with elegance, high-quality work, and high-quality 1810 stainless American steel. Each piece is unique while conveying the same patriotic message, Liberty for all and we love America. Order your set now and a set as a gift for a special patriot in your life. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty home to your table. Use the promo code Bethann and receive a discount. LibertyTabletop.com or call them 844-386-2338. Have you ever checked to see how many minerals are in the nutritional products that you take? Not many if they come from fruits and vegetables that do not average more than 12 minerals due to mineral depletion in topsoil. Minerals are the key to good health and longevity and you need lots of them. A product called Immuno 150 is only $49.95 for a month's supply, and it has 70 plant minerals and 80 other nutrients. 
There is nothing like it on the market. Now, more than ever, you need to supercharge your immune system, and to do that, you need at least 60 minerals every day. Immuno 150 has more than 70 minerals. Visit Immuno150.com, that is I-M-M-U-N-O-150.com, or call 888-316-2224. That's 888-316-2224. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rural America is the heart of production in this nation. Our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power of the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Stiers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. And we have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann, and we have Daniel Turner with us. Daniel, Happy New Year, my friend. Beth Ann, are we going to do this for another year? I hope we are. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm here if you're here. Well, I just got through talking about being excited, enraged, inspired, and engaged, and I think we better stay engaged because I don't know who else is going to fight, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, ma'am, and that's why... That's why we're here, and a happy new year to you and your great listeners, and thanks for all you do and for your commitment to do it again for another year. Oh, my gosh. And it's a commitment. <laughs> <laughs> and it is for you, too, I know. And uh, anyway, what's got you excited, enraged, inspired, and engaged this morning? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's very hard to, to do anything but think of the solemnity of yesterday. Oh, gosh, and, yes. And, and, <laughs> and, and the nonsense. You know, I guess we, we had to give the left their, their day to, to be <laughs> we have crazy. To? <laughs> so they spent the day on social media and in the media and in print uh, I believe the Washington Post had 11 articles uh, yesterday about about January 6th and and the death of our democracy and the attack on our democracy. And of course, we had our our president comparing it to uh, the Civil War, comparing it to obviously our vice president compared it to Pearl Harbor and to 9/11. I just most egregious comments, and, and oh, they, they have to because yeah, you know this is their strategy. Uh, you know, COVID, and I actually put on Twitter yesterday, uh, the only thing I said about yesterday was a brief little tweet, and then I kind of pretended it wasn't happening. But but COVID and January 6th and climate change, they all have a common thread. They mm-hmm. are very valuable enemies for the people on the left because uh, they're ethereal, right? They're faceless, they're nameless, and, and they can 
forever be used and weaponized to grow government, to take away individual rights, to strip people of their freedoms. Um, and, and so they're the perfect enemy for someone like Joe Biden. COVID, climate change, and now this the insurrection. Um, <laughs> and the only way to be, protect yourself is to turn over your freedom to government, and you'll be safe. Only they can bring peace. I saw the peace in their hearts yesterday. Oh, the peace and the love for America. <laughs> it wasn't there. I saw it nowhere. <laughs> All I saw was no. angry, an angry old man who doesn't even really know he's president of the United States. <laughs> no. And, and Kamala, she's not doing so well. Now, I'm serious. I, I don't think she looks well. Um, <laughs> just, I, I'm just saying, she's not handling the stress very good. No, she's not. But you know, sadly, I think Kamala is is the victim of of our very progressive identity culture. Oh, I think um, you're probably right. And 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 there's you know this this has it, it's very sad that Kamala really is a woman of trim, a very few accomplishments, but because of her identity and because of her her little bit of political savvy. She went from being an attorney to being a district attorney to being the attorney general of California to being a senator to now being vice president. And and remember, Joe Biden said that he was only going to pick a woman of color to be vice president. And so immediately people said, "Okay, well, there are basically five women of color who are at that level of, of their political prominence. Uh, for the role. I mean, clearly there are many more women of color who could do the job, but you're not going to find someone that no one's ever heard of, right? There's only only certain level of people are are in the national spotlight. And and so that's how she got the job. That's kind of how Kamala's gotten every job. Yes. And I think Kamala maybe every now and then thinks, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And I'm, she doesn't. I'm going to do some air quotes. <laughs> Kamala... Yeah rubbed elbows with the right people and that's how she's gotten where she's gotten in this world. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 that's really the unfortunate thing is that now she's no better off for it. Right? Yeah. She's in well over her head. The country is no better off for it. So who who's winning? Right? Who's winning by having her in this role? Um so uh, that, that's just probably that. That's the the, the biggest victim of, of identity politics. Is yeah, it really I don't, doesn't advance. Anything. I don't think anybody's winning really. I don't think. Uh, I guess they got what they wanted, and and but she's not making women look good. That's for sure. And she's not no. uh, she's not speaking well for any people of color. If that's what that was supposed to be, uh, you know, it, it's if you base things in a racist manner, which is what that was. You know, it's, it's, it shouldn't it be the best man or the best woman for the job? I guess they didn't yeah. think Hillary was the best woman for the job. They didn't run her. <laughs> no. And, 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 and the, uh, the other thing also about, about our, our vice president is she really does not have an awful lot of American identity. And I know that's a statement that probably is going to get me in trouble in other shows, but it won't obviously with your audience because they understand what I'm saying. Mm. Um, um, she spent most of her formative years living in Canada. Um, her, her parents are are born in other countries, which I have no problem with. My no. grandparents were born in other countries, mm-hmm. um, but she doesn't really have it. 
Yeah, and, <laughs> I've been here and, forever. And there's a so. difference there. There's a you know when when you can't point to any relative who had to respond to Pearl Harbor or or was mm-hmm. alive during D Day, or you can't point to any family members who uh, lived through the '68 riots or lived through the Kennedy assassin or just any formative moments, let alone like my family, the Civil War. Um, your family, the Revolutionary War, right? Mm-hmm. She oh, doesn't yeah. have a, a depth of American understanding, and therefore it's very easy for her to talk about all the things wrong with this country. But that's kind of very common amongst a lot of the left and their most prominent figures. Barack Obama was the same way. They yes. talked very comfortably about everything wrong with the country. Ilhan Omar very much the same way. Uh, Rashida Tlaib, very much the same way, right? And when, Yet they reap all the benefits of this nation. Oh, do they ever. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it even goes back with, with Kamala. You know, her grandfather was an owner of slaves. He yes, owned slaves. The, in the Caribbean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they don't mention that too often. But, you know, and I don't hold that against her, <laughs> but I do when they start talking about America being the only one, America being the worst country ever, and blah, 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 when their own pe- their own relatives, their own ancestors were engaged in the same thing. Yeah, and what's so disappointing uh, and, and so, so pervasive about the left, about leftist ideology, about liberalism as a whole um, and what a corruptive and corrosive philosophy it is, is that then conversely, the exact opposite of what I'm saying, you take mm-hmm. someone like Joe Biden, who is thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly through and through generations of America, and yet his leftist ideology has corrupted all of that, that now he looks at this country with tremendous disdain. He looks at the, he looks at the people of this country with tremendous skepticism and doubt. And his rhetoric is quite lofty sometimes. And he talks about the soul of the nation. Um, but when he has the chance to enact any policy, he, he chooses policies that hurt the American people, that grow government, that put government in charge, that mm-hmm. put uh, uh, bureaucracies in charge. So, so his liberalism doesn't even give him an awful lot of faith in the American people or the American experience. Uh, he only has faith in American government because he controls the government. Did you happen to see the the uh, segment? I think it was on Greg Gutfeld. I'm uh, not sorry. I'm saying uh, Greg Kelly's, uh, where Ted Koppel went to Erie, North Carolina, where they've got uh, Mayberry Museum. That's where Andy Griffith was born, and he was putting down the Andy Griffith show because it didn't have enough people of color, actors of color in it, mm-hmm. and, and it was racist, and he says, why do you like that show, and just went on and on and on, and you know, the people put him in his place, and they said, because it speaks of high morals, it has a good lesson in all of it, and Andy Griffith wanted that. Now, Andy Griffith in his politics, he tends to be a little more left-leaning, but he, <laughs> but he, um, in that show, I mean, in this, in the segment with uh, Koppel, what he was doing was trying to really portray, once again, rural Americans, the average American people, the working class, the ones who know how to get dirt under their fingernails. He had no clue about them. 
no clue. But they stood up to no. him and, and they put him in his place and told him, you know, this is the way it is. And, uh, you know, he questioned them on January 6th, questioned them about whether they believe the, the, uh, election was stolen and went on and on. And they finally told him, the one guy stood up and says, you know, people come here to get away from politics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they just don't get rural America. And I still believe, and I know you do too, now that you are a part of it, you know, rural America is definitely the a backbone, part. the foundation of this great nation. Yes, ma'am. And it's never going to stop. But they are trying to kill it. It's under attack. Good night. Let you go. The music's going on. And you have a great and fantastic weekend. And thank you for being with us another year. Thank you. Appreciate it. God bless you, Daniel. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. We're going to come back more about excited, enraged, and inspired, and engaged. And we'll be right back. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. When I mentioned to Rudy that I wasn't excited about anything, news-wise, but something did come up that I thought was interesting, and I said, you know, but I'm not sure that my listeners will find this interesting, because I, I sometimes what I get all whomped up about, you don't necessarily. But this gave me a warm feeling. And then, as I'm questioning whether to even share it with you, Daniel said something about how they don't have a connection in America. They don't have some of these people, they don't have, and some of them do. They can't say my dad was in World War II or or, or I had relatives there at Pearl Harbor or, or you know, I, I'm related to someone in the Revolutionary War or, you know, whatever. You know, I'm not a daughter. It was a great uncle five times, my fifth great uncle was the Brigadier General Thomas Sumter. I was a Sumter. But I saw this, and it's written by a Peter Diabrosco, Obroska, I guess. I don't know how to pronounce his name. But he says, Tom Green, he's, like, he's titled it, An Ode to an Old Man. Tom Green, one of the last living descendants of Nathaniel Green, died last week. His farm was the perfect place for a boy to learn the value of an honest day's labor and appreciate history. You got that? That was in rural America. So who? Do you know? Do you remember who Nathaniel Green was? Do you remember when I told you the story about the young girl, Abigail, and how she became a spy? She was just a teenage girl. What general was it that she went to? It was General Green. And he tried to talk her out of it. And he had no recourse. And he is, so he writes down her message that she is to deliver, she is to deliver to General Sumter. She got caught, remember? And she ate the message. That General Green, General Nathaniel Green gave her. He was born in 1786. And at the age of 43, he died. He died on his Mulberry Grove plantation in Georgia. 
He fell victim to a heat stroke, sunstroke. In many ways, his quiet death reflected his quiet life. He did not participate in politics after the war the way many of his counterparts did. But this grandson or great-grandson or great-great Thomas Green passed away last week. And he's the last living relative. What's going to happen to that farm, we don't know. I hope that something happens to it good. I don't want it to become another museum. We have enough museums. Do you think our founding fathers wanted museums of their homes and 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 it says in this article that Thomas kept it the same. It even had a sofa in there that President George Washington came and sat on, that he and Nathaniel Green, they plotted together and, and planned and strategized. And they say that Nathaniel Green was a great strategist. strategist. <laughs> Nathaniel Green, General Green. And I would think that perhaps, obviously, he knew my great-great-great-great-uncle, General Thomas Sumter. A revolutionary heroes. Men who didn't really want to go to war. But they did. Oh, they thought a little bit about their future, but mostly they thought about the future of a nation. Getting away from royalty, being dictated to, told what to do, edicts from a king. You can't travel unless this, 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 and this. And now what are we at? Unless you get a COVID shot, you may not be able to travel from state to state. How many of you have relatives that are just all real close? If you do, you're very lucky. Most have relatives spread out across the country. I've got one getting ready to move to another state. Luckily, he's going south. <laughs> what connection do you have? That inspired me. I remembered the story. And it's not just a story, it's a truth. We're a young girl sacrificed her life. She didn't have to die, and she didn't. But it was her sacrifice that brought Colonel, I'm sorry, General Green and General Sumter together to attack the king's general's people. I can't remember his name right now. Weakened them so much that when Washington met Cornwallis in Yorktown, there was a victory. What inspires you? What gets you excited? What gets you enraged? What inspires you to engage? We have so many things going on in this country. So many things to talk about. I'm looking at these headlines and your head just swims. Controversial Chinese tech billionaire gives millions to elite American universities. Do we wonder why China has such a hold on this country? And what does Congress care? They don't care. Oh, yeah, they do. Because China's making them rich. I wish, I wish that I saved the YouTube 
the YouTube video that I had over a year ago. It was a Chinese whistleblower. And he was saying that China had told the Democrat Party, you better not let Trump win. So who is it that picked our president? Oh, Beth, there you go again. There you go again. I know. They've given me no reason to stop suspicion. Nothing. In fact, they've given me more reasons to suspect even greater things or worse things. I think it would be worser, wouldn't it? We kind of laugh about the language in, in a word game that we play because they come up with some strange... Uh, I said they obviously didn't have my English teacher. Another title, Dems threaten ousting filibuster, but moderates hold the line. Seriously, really. Big Tech is attempting to silence Kalita Marsh Mitchell for ensuring we have election integrity in 2022. San Francisco, Oakland teacher demands districts take more COVID precautions, plans sick out, sick outs. A narrow-minded and feeble gun rights group shoot back at the USA Today, tying Second Amendment activism to Nazism. Well, I guess it kind of goes back to what Daniel says. They don't even know what a Nazi is. Because the Nazis are the ones who stop travel. The Nazis are the ones who stop free speech. The Nazis are the ones who killed and incarcerated people who didn't think the way they thought. The Nazis were the racists. The communists. Well, we have a jobs report, and it's not good. Didn't expect it to be good, did you? And even though it's not good, I don't believe the numbers because they they mess around with the numbers so much. But it says here, December's figures included a year of record job growth as the U.S. economy bounced back from COVID-19. President Biden is expected to address the report today. I didn't see that. If he addressed it this morning, you know, he always gets put off. It says the unemployment rate fell as companies complete compete for talent in a tight labor market. Why is it tight? We've got so many people out of work. Employers posted 10.6 million job openings in November, while a record 4.5 million Americans quit their positions. We're in a mess, and the mess is not accidental. The mess is intentional. I have more to share with you, and something that I hope will inspire and engage you. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Have you heard about vine-to-bar chocolate? It's the winemaker's chocolate, the world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark from the beautiful coastal vineyards of North America. Gently pressed grapes are harvested after juicing, dried, and finely milled, and carefully blended into the finest dark chocolate. 
The Chardonnay Mark contains highly beneficial grape nutrients, flavanols, and has a natural sweetness that flavors the luscious dark chocolate. Mouthwatering, flavorful, delectable dark chocolate goodness with Chardonnay sweetness and beneficial nutrients. And it's alcohol-free, too. It's Vine to Bar Chocolate. Order some today at vinetobar.com. That's V-I-N-E-T-O-B-A-R.com. Cold ship to your door, it's Vine to Bar. Vine to Bar Chocolate. Visit us at vinetobar.com. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. And while the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. Hi, this is Beth Ann. The inventor and CEO of MyPillow is always looking for ways to solve everyday problems. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt so soft in the store, but then when you got it home and tried to use it, it wasn't absorbent at all? That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually will dry you. They're debuting the MyPillow six-piece towel set that includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now you can buy one and get one free with the promo code BETHANN. Go to MyPillow.com now and click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty with their 60-day money-back guarantee. To get your buy one get one free my pillow towel set go to mypillow.com click on the radio listener special and enter promo code bethann or call at 1-800-978-6168 that's mypillow.com and the promo code is bethann for centuries those who raise breed and work with animals have been revered and lauded for what they do Today, across America, the rights to own and raise animals are under attack by animal rights activists and their increased influence on government and non-government agencies. This onslaught regularly violates protection from illegal search and seizure and a citizen's right to due process of the law, all of which are outlined specifically in the U.S. Constitution. Protect your animals, your animal enterprise, and your property from this abuse of power with a membership to the Cavalry Group. Membership provides immediate access to their team to protect law-abiding animal owners and animal enterprise against unwarranted search and seizure and false claims. They also work to protect their members' interests legislatively at the local, state, and federal levels. Get the shield that protects you, your animals, and your property. Join the Cavalry Group today. Call 855-748-4210 or go to their website at thecavalrygroup.com. We 
have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're in the final segment of today's show. I'm going to share something with you that's kind of humorous. And I'm going to give a little plug out for, it's called, um, what is it called? Farm Talk. Farm Talk News. And I have not, I am receiving a subscription to that from a listener, and I thank you for that. I haven't got it yet, but I will. But I went on their website and I looked at this, and this is from a Mark Parker from December 28th, and it is the Top 10 Farmer New Year's Resolutions, and I thought maybe you would find it humorous. Now, if you don't know anything about farming, you may not find this humorous, <laughs> but if you have even know a farmer, surely you can find some humor in this. So, we're going to give them, and then we're going to get serious again, but I wanted to give you something light. Number 10, I will take my wife out to dinner somewhere other than the sale barn, cafe, or an animal health seed chemical meeting. Number nine, I will call the vet before there are four hooves in the air. Number eight, I will not ask my wife to go check the cows with me just so I have someone to get the gates. If you know what that is. Could you open a gate, hon? Number seven, I resolve to actually read herbicide labels, at least the parts that look important. <laughs> you you know some farmers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Number six, I will not spend more on any vehicle than it's worth, except maybe filling it with fuel. <laughs> and number five, I will cut down the cedars in the pasture before it looks like a Christmas tree farm. <laughs> That, you know, that was something that Derry Brown used to say all the time. There's never going to be a shortage of trees. <laughs> oh, I hate those cedar trees. I hate them. <laughs> Number four, I will not base my corn hybrid decision on who has the coolest caps. Yeah, ball caps, no. Number three, I will bale fescue before it's dry as Rice Krispies. <laughs> Number two, I resolve to figure out what the heck all those buttons are in the new tractor. And number one, I will count to ten when an unreachable bolt turns, and then I'll cuss and throw the wrench away. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you've been around a farmer very much, you kind of get those. Uh, Go ahead. So you got three... Guys in the front cab of a pickup truck, you know how to tell which one's the real cowboy? <laughs> no, how what? It's the one in the middle because he doesn't have to drive or get the gates. <laughs> he's, he knows what he's doing. That's right. He knows what he's doing. Well, we were laughing about some of the farmer farm experiences. Because I was a city girl, married a farmer, and then when things kind of went south, we he went into full-time construction. But um, it... There's just something about farming, and there's something about farmers, I'll tell you. When you're in rural America, it's just a different place, and it's a good place. People who believe in freedom and independence, they believe in family. They believe in the land. They believe in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, property, and prosperity. They don't necessarily want to be millionaires. They love their life. They love their life. As the lady told Ted Koppel, we love our country. We love our neighbors. We love our families. 
And she was right. If more people were like them, it'd be a better place to live. Who needs a Ted Koppel who doesn't even know which side of the (laughs) cow to milk? (laughs) Could be rough. Could be rough. Maybe we should put him in there and see how that turns out. Talking about being inspired, and I'm not tooting my own horn here. And I know it's going to sound like I am, but I'm not. But I was reading this article that I wrote. But I I questioned myself when I was reading it yesterday. And I wrote this article back in July last year. And um, I I thought, man, that's good. Who wrote that? <laughs> Who was I quoting? And it was me. Now, like I said, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. It was something I needed to hear two days ago. And I had it out to talk, to read it to you yesterday, but it just didn't turn out right. So I'm going to today. The war is here upon our land. It's not been declared, but it's here nonetheless. Land has been seized. Rights have been redefined to favor the tyrannous leaders. Industries have been crushed. Violent crimes have been allowed against Americans, their cities, their businesses, the homes. Trade has been unfairly negotiated. Livelihoods destroyed. All for a globalist agenda. No longer are you to take pride in America, for that is deemed an unworthy cause. It is said there was an insurrection on January 6, 2021, but I say to you, There were a few bad actors, but there were no patriots armed and ready to kill or overtake our government. The true insurrection of this country and of our government has been from within our own elected officials. It didn't just happen. It has been decades of patient planning and seizing of individual rights and private property. There's was an insurrection more invasive and more evil than any mob could ever be. With cunning, patience, and corrupt intent, the very ones who supposedly took an oath to this U.S. Constitution and we the people have been legislating against it for over a century of time. And it goes on and I finish it. It is the, it's, the article is the existential crisis. I took my inspiration from Thomas Paine's The Crisis when I wrote that back in July. Rudy and I discussed it yesterday and I said I believe I need to write part two. And so I started it yesterday. We have talked about um, postcards for cease and desist. And we have them. We're trying to do them ourselves. We're having a little printer problem, but we will have them ready for you. And the cease and desist postcard, that's all it is. We want you to put your signature on it. The number one, the first one we're going to do, reads like this. This will be on every one of them, this part. A Congress whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the representatives of a free people. We the people hereby declare our right over you as governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Restore the republic. Cease and desist 
all tyrannous, traitorous acts against our U.S. Constitution. And the first one is this. Let my people go. All J6 political prisoners should be allowed due process of the law. Their rights are secured by the People's Bill of Rights, Amendments 6, 7, and 8. Their continued detention is a violation of their constitutional rights. It denies them human dignity as well as due process. You are in position to right this wrong. If you do not, you will be acting in an unlawful manner. Let my people go. And there's a place for your signature there. You need to send this to your senators. You need to send it to the Speaker of the House. You need to send it to the President. So you need about eight or ten of them. We're not charging you. We just want you to do this and bring America home. I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hands shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com to begin that restoration. <laughs> 